It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host, Ben Sandig. You can find my written work over on NBCWashington.com and FanRag Sports. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Standig. If you're into the college basketball, you can also find me talking there on the Basketball in the DMV podcast, which is on Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standig. I do a lot of Georgetown and George Washington talk over there. Um, and of course, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you do your podcasting. On this here episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that the All-Star Reserves were announced today, and good news for the Wizards. We'll get to all that in just a second. Furthermore, I'm going to play part two of my conversation with uh, pal Jay Michael, former Wizards insider for the then CSN Mid-Atlantic. Um, he and I talked last week after the Charlotte game, so it's been a couple days, but look, as you, if you've been watching the Wizards, you know not much has really changed, and if anything, things have only gotten worse, uh, especially in light of losing on Monday to Dallas, getting rolled by a bad Dallas team, so things are not going well, but Jay Michael and I talked a bunch about what is going wrong with this team, so we'll get into, into all that. In just a second, he also we also talked a little bit about college basketball. Jay Michael's now a G, uh, George Washington guru, so we talked a little bit about that as well. Sort of the the, the difference in games, NBA, college, things like that. So we'll get to all that here in just one second. Now, uh, so yes, news today: the NBA All Star reserves announced. Good news for John Wall and Bradley Beal; they are both in. Uh, I did the podcast all yesterday, meaning Monday, with our friend Adam Rubin, and a chunk of that podcast was spent talking about who we liked for the All-Star game, and I was explaining my All-Star picks, so on and so on. Uh, basically, I got all the East Reserves correct, didn't look at the West, I got all the East Reserves correct, which means you had, what, Al Horford, Kristaps Porzingis, Kevin Love. In the front court, you had Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal at the guards. You had Kyle Lowry and John Wiles, the wild cards. They're not actually designated in that sense. That's just how I broke it down. So I'm just using it in those terms. Um, 
So Andre Drummond misses out. You know, I think you can make a case Andre Drummond got hosed. He's leading the league in rebounding. He's putting up, you know, 14 and change a game. He's having a great year for him from the free throw line and assists and all that. But Detroit lost their way here. I mean, the, the Wizards beat them, and they've been losing a ton. They've, they've now dropped the, uh, out of the playoffs, I believe. So I guess that screwed him. And however you want to look at it, John Wall got in. So good for John Wall and Bradley Beal, of course. Uh, look, Bradley Beal, you know, let's, let's start there. First time All-Star, so congrats to him on that. Uh, I wrote back in the, in the preseason that to me that seemed like it was, it was overdue. Now is going to be the time. And it wasn't just because, uh, I believe that I wrote this in my, uh, Wizard season preview up on NBCWashington.com that it wasn't just a matter of that Beal, like, like that, that the Jimmy Butlers and the Paul Georges had switched conferences. You know, he wasn't getting in by luck. He was going to get in on merit. And then that's been the way it's been this year. You know, he's putting up career high in several categories, including points. It's amazing to think about. I don't want to jinx anything, so I'm knocking on wood. But he's been the wizard who's been healthy. He's been the one staying in the game, game in and game out. I know we're going through a bad time with the wizards right now, and they've not looked good at all, and we'll see where this goes. But the larger point is, He's been the guy who's helped them stay above 500, you know, kept them with a winning record. Um, he gets a lot of the credit for that, and, uh, you know, he's well-deserving. Yes, his, his shooting is down. That needs to that needs to pick up, but his dribble-drive game is just so much better. I, we, it's so much better that we're not even talking about it anymore. We're just taking it for granted that he's just able to now get uh, take defenders off the dribble, set them up. He's been really displaying the step-back jumper a lot more lately. So really impressive stuff from Bradley Beal. Definitely worthy of, of the nomination for sure. Uh, so, so congrats to him. You know, as for John Wall, look, he's now a five-time All-Star. You know, once you start getting to a certain point, it does feel like it becomes, um, you know, you become part of the club and, and people are like, oh yeah, John Wall belongs here. And, you know, based on that level, he does. If you're just talking straight up better play, the best players, certainly John Wall was in that mix. He's second in the NBA in assists. He's, he, you know, he's scoring a lot of points. He's an exciting player. His three point shooting has improved this year. There's lots of reasons to pick John Wall. And, you know, look, the Wizards, obviously things are not great at the moment, like I said, but, they're still in fifth place, right? I actually have not even looked at it uh, today, but presumably I think they're still in fifth place. And, uh, you know, that's not great. Yeah, they're they're in fifth. They're, with Cleveland's loss today, the Wizards are still a game and a half out of third. They're also three games out of ninth. But uh, 26 and 21, it is what it is. That said, John Wall's missed, what, 11 games this year of the 47. And... Look, you know, for all honest, it's hard to watch the Wizards sometimes play in part because, you know, it doesn't always quite feel like John Wall is giving it all he can out there. Now, there were points when he was injured and, you know, there is something to be said for superstar players who have to exert so much energy on one end of the court to take some time off on the other. But I, there was a, a stat put out by Zach Lowe earlier in the day when he released his thoughts on who should be All-Stars. He actually did not pick... John Wall, and he gave some interesting reasons. Let me just read part of the reason to you here. uh, Wall is shooting 42%, his lowest mark since he was a rookie, and he just hasn't played with enough vigor on either end of the floor. One measure of that, he has spent 76.57% of floor time 
either standing still or walking. The largest such share among all rotation players, according to tracking data from Second Spectrum. Dirk Nowitzki is right behind Wall, and he's almost 40. Now, Lowe went on to say he wasn't, you know, quite sure what to make of um, of that stat. He noted that LeBron was was somewhere in the top five, Carmelo Anthony, and some other you know notable names are somewhere in the top 20. So he wasn't quite sure what to make of that stat, and like he sort of said what I just said about how some superstars sort of take things off. But the larger point was, you know, for John Wall, that just seems excessive. Uh, for a guy who is especially, you know, his entire game is sort of predicated on moving quickly and moving fast and, you know, getting, being aggressive and, you know, that's just way too much. And we see that happening with the Wizards. It's just felt progressively, it's, it's been getting worse where it feels like they're just not engaged. They're not aggressive. And, and, you know, you guys have heard me say this before. My pet, my, my pet statement for sports, teams take on the personality of the dominant figure. In the NBA, that team, that tends to be the best player. You know, we can, this is not a quibble of John Wall versus Bradley Beal, who's the best player. It's just the reality. John Wall's been here the longest. He came in 2010. Beal didn't come for another couple of years. He's been cl- the clear focal point of this franchise this whole time. When he's not fully engaged, sometimes they're not fully engaged. He does a lot of great stuff. He, he, he constantly hits the deck on drives, charges. I totally agree that he doesn't get enough foul calls as he should. And he clearly knows that. Uh, and that was even discussed tonight in the in, in the TNT All-Star Reserve show that he and Beal were part of. By the way, did you guys see that? That was like super weird and awkward. The, the TV cut in to, to Beal and Wall sitting in some hotel room. I guess they're in o- Oklahoma City. Um, before that, it was a tease to show. The, up, up, coming up next, John Wall and Bradley Beal. And they the two of them sitting there. With sort of dour looks on her face. It was the embodiment of the Wizards team mood these days, seemingly. Just looked sad. Once they realized they were on camera, they began smiling, but it just looked that sad. Then when they came back to do the actual interview on TNT, it was not Ernie Johnson. It was the players only show. So you had Chris Weber and Isaiah Thomas and some others asking these guys questions. It was super awkward. The questions were bad. There was a lot of fumbling. The whole interview was weird. And part of it also was, like I said, Beal and Wall's vibe just did not seem ideal. That does not mean that they hate each other. Please don't let that get out there. I'm not suggesting that at all. But just saying it was a weird interview, however you want to interpret that. Uh, by the way, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman talked about the Wizards on First Take today. I did actually watch that. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as painful as experience as I normally imagine. I put up some of the video, if you care, go to my Instagram uh, page. B.M. Standing, like Ben Mitchell Standing, which is the actual name. Um, the, some of the videos up there, I think, I think a lot of things that Stephen A. Smith said, I don't think we're crazy. I'll just leave it at that. Um, in any event, so I, I just saw that stat from Zach Lowe was interesting. You know, we've all seen John Wall not always moving uh, enough to, didn't realize it was to that degree, cause that is pretty crazy. That, that it was that bad. But in any event, let's not be, let's not make this a negative thing. John Wall, Bradley Beal are all-stars. First time Wizards have had two all-stars in the game since I think 2008. So congrats to them. Uh, gonna say it. Congrats, Ernie Grunfeld. You drafted both of these guys that, you know, whatever other mistakes were made, not saying they weren't. Gotta give them credit then as well. If we're gonna point out the negative, give them credit on the good. John Wall and Bradley Beal have been home run picks. So, uh, props 
there to him and his, uh, and his staff on that. By the way, just one last thing. Um, so the, after the Wizards game last night, there was the whole thing about John Wall and JJ Barea going back and forth. John Wall, that they, that they had some words during the game. When asked about it after the game, John Wall said he, he referred to Barea, who was definitely a shorter guy, calling him a midget. JJ uh, Barea shot back when told about this, saying that Wall's like the first guy in the league he didn't like, and that from what he from what he guesses or, or can tell, his teammates don't like Wall either. Interesting, interesting statement. Interesting the, the sort of fallout from that. Stephen A. Smith talked about that, and he sort of said that look, he likes John Wall a lot, but that. He's got a sense that that locker room is not in a good place right now. And uh, I think that is what we're seeing more than anything else. I know people keep saying, make a trade, make a trade, you got to make a trade. And, you know, my sort of point is just moving, making a trade, I don't think it's going to make a difference if, in fact, if it is true, that the issue is primarily with the leaders of this team not being in a good place with each other, with the team, how they're leading, whatever that is. I don't think... Trading, I'm making this up, trading Martin Gortat or Markeith Morris or a first-round pick, I don't think that's necessarily going to make any difference unless those guys get in line. How do you get those guys in line? You know, I don't know. I think some words from management or ownership could make a difference. I don't know if that will happen, but we will see. Uh, by the way, Wizards back in action Thursday against OKC. OKC is, they have turned things around after all this talk about how down they are. They won again today. They've now won five in a row. They are, they've seven, they've won seven of their last ten. They are 27 and 20. So basically they've got the same record as the Wizards, just one game difference, but they are on the uh, ascension and the Wizards are definitely not. Uh, by the way, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, so I will just now, just in case I didn't. Going into the game last night, the Wizards were at 26 and 20, had the identical record through 46 games. That they did a year ago. Now, for the first time all year after losing, that for the first time all year they are behind last season's pace. Because right now, last season is at that point where they were in the middle of this, you know, very hot home court winning streak where they eventually won 17 straight home court games. So this, so the Wizards last year were on the ascension, and now it sort of points to why, you know, for all this talk that everybody keeps having about oh. It's not that it's not that big of a deal that they lost a game or two to some bad team, or uh, you know they do still have a winning record and all these kinds of things. They're now behind the pace of last year, and what made last year so special was they had this two month period where they were such such a had such a great record. They got the forty nine wins, and even though that only meant fourth in the East, you know we saw how good they were. Right now they're fifth in the East, but and only one game out of fourth. But it's not feeling so special at the moment. That's why. You know, even though they have a winning record, it doesn't feel like it for sure. It's good that they do. If they can get going, then that, that you know the, 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 they can make up some ground fairly quickly. But that may take a minute. All right. In just a minute, I will get to my conversation, part two of my conversation with Jay Michael, talking about the Wizards and uh, the, what what's wrong. What do we make of it? We did. A, if you missed part one, you can check that out on iTunes. Uh, but like I said, we'll get to part two here with our friend Jay Michael in just one moment. All right, so uh, 
ironically enough, as I said, I recorded this with him a few days ago, but ironically, right off the top, we talk about the fact, what would be better for the Wizards? We already know the answer to what happened. But what would be better for the Wizards if John Wall, Bradley Beal, maybe if both of them, or one of them at least, or maybe both of them, didn't get picked for the All-Star game? Would that be better for this team? Would that be the jolt they need? Would that be a way for the rest of the league to give them a jolt? Talked about things like that. Uh, what are some of the other problem areas we see for the Wizards? And then towards the end, there's a little bit of college basketball talk uh, to some degree. So check out the conversation here with Jay Michael. Again, part one you can find on iTunes. Uh, that was a fun conversation as well. So here we go. Uh, Jay Michael, who's on Twitter at this is Jay Michael, talking about the Washington Wizards. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But, but but here's the thing. So we're, so we're both agreeing that we, there's probably not somebody in the organization who's going to be a ball buster. And, you know, how do these guys get some fear? Or how do they get motivated or whatever? Here Here's here's maybe what people need to root for. They need to root for maybe the Eastern Conference coaches skipping Wall and Beal in the All-Star game. And I doubt that happens. I suspect Beal gets in. But if you really look at it, it's not totally inconceivable in the sense that if they if they take five guards, you got Kyrie, DeRozan, Oladipo, right? Uh, you've got Kyle Lowry. Is probably he's got a good chance to get in. Um, and then I don't know is Ben Simmons going to get in? I doubt it, especially if Embiid gets in. But you know who knows? Maybe I don't know. And then you look at the the front court. You know there, there's more than there's more than seven guys you could get in. Giannis, LeBron, Embiid, Porzingis, Kevin Love, Al Horford, Andre Drummond. Uh, I don't have the whole list in front of me. So I doubt that happens, but I don't know. That may be the best thing that could happen to this team is if Wall, neither Wall or Beal get in, and maybe that wakes them up. On the other hand, maybe that makes them implode. I mean, part of my pet theory as to why things have changed in the last few games is in the first 12 games that Wall came back from his knee injury, Wall and Beal were taking about 38% of their shots. In the Ever since the uh, the first bat, the first set of all-star results happened. Wall jacked up his shot attempts from like 14 and a half a game to, to like over 22, like more than Westbrook in that stretch. So I don't know if that's what's going on, but uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? If, is it better or for worse if they make the all-star team or don't make the all-star team? Uh, I think it's better if they don't make it. Um, I think it's better if they don't. Um, look, I, I agree with you. I think Bill's going to make it. Um you know, he'll be. This will be the true test of John Wall, though. He's made the All Star game now four times. Yeah, four. Um, yeah, since uh, you know he signed that first extension. Um, you know, he's missed a big chunk of the season. Didn't start out the season well. This will tell us what the respect level he has among coaches uh, and, and folks around the league. That if he's able to get in his reserve, because. You know, there have been guys who've gotten voted in as reserves who maybe didn't really have a great season, but, you know, it was out of respect. Like, Car- like Carmelo last season. year when he got in. Yeah. So I think this will tell a lot about where John ranked in terms of 
of that. If they say, look, man, we know this guy's an all-star, even though he hasn't had an all-star season. So I think that would be significant. I'm just, I'm just curious how that would how that would turn out. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right with, um, you know, I was watching the game the other night, uh, you know, with these guys, you're talking about these guys taking shots and their, 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 their shots going up and whatnot. I was watching the game the other night, I think it was against Milwaukee, where it was at the end of, I want to say it was at the end of the half, I think I posted a clip of it, where Wall got the ball and Bradley Beal was wide open at the three-point arc calling for it. And Wall took a turnaround fallaway jump shot that misses from about 18 feet, that misses, leads to a long rebound, and Milwaukee got a layup right before the buzzer. I think it gave Milwaukee a two-point lead going into the break. To me, that was like the most typical Wizards possession of the season. Like, Wall took a really terrible shot for anybody, but it was especially a terrible shot for him. And uh, Milwaukee, because they were worried about potentially driving down the lane, John Henson sunk into the lane to help stop it. Beal was right there, and Wall just took a turnaround fallaway shot. I'm, I'm sure he figured it would be the end of the quarter, but it led to two points the other way. So really it was a four-point swing, uh, actually a five-point swing, because Beal could have made that three. And to me, that's how the Wizards this season has gone. They just haven't made intelligent decisions, and they haven't made intelligent decisions in crunch situations. And then to me, when you talk about playing too cool, to me, that was a perfect example of it. It was, well, you know, this is in the end of the second quarter, right before half. This isn't a big deal. Well, yeah, it is a big deal. Because if you end up losing a game by two, three, four, five points, this possession means everything. And I just don't think they value every possession the way they should. And it, it's, but, but I think there is something to that, your observation with the shot attempts going up. Uh, the offense, even though they're scoring points, I don't know about you, but to me, the offense doesn't look anywhere near as fluid as it looked a year ago. I mean, a year ago, they, I thought offensively they were on another level, and that's where Brooks had the improvement with, you know, over what Randy Whitman was able to do. But to me, the, 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 the offense looks like it just, doesn't, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't come across as smoothly as it had before. To me, it's not as smooth, it's not as beautiful as it was at times last year. It almost looks forced. Well, I, I always thought last year when Markeith started making threes, it really unlocked everything, and, uh, you know, he's just not – there was a stretch a few games ago where he was getting a lot of rebounds and seemed, you know, extra motivated, but now it seems like he's gone backwards, and I don't know if that's you – know, in the part where Wall's been taking more shots, and I haven't looked at tonight's box score. Obviously, the starters didn't even play the fourth quarter, so it'll be a little skewed. But, you know, Markeith's shots were down like two a game. Oubre's were down like two a game. Mike Scott's were down like four a game. And, you know, like any of us who play basketball, if you don't get the ball – you, you, you can wane in other in other phases of, of Gortat's the game. getting Gortat's getting Gortat's almost getting no shots. He only had three shots tonight. Now, granted, he only played 19 minutes, but you know, you'd imagine. Look, part of that reason I think tonight too, he's playing against Dwight Howard, who defends him pretty well. So he's not going to get a whole lot of shots, particularly in the pick and roll. He's not going to get a lot of those dives to the basket. But uh, yeah, Gortat only had only had three shots tonight. Beal. Uh, Beal led the way with 19. I mean, he actually played pretty well in terms of shooting when you consider that he was being defended by Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who was a, a bulldog of a defender. I thought Beal did pretty good, pretty well against him. But it's just to me, I thought tonight was defensively was the issue. But yeah, I, I think point well taken with um, that that some of these other guys are losing shots 
as a result because you see them falling into isolation way more than they should. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, the, the end of the game stuff, I mean, I feel like I'm, everybody who's listened to the podcast knows that they've heard me say these things, but like, you know, Wall and Beal typically are going to take the final shot. Now, obviously, in a perfect world, that's not a bad place to be. But, you know, every time Wall does a pick and roll to Gortat, like, I get it. Gortat's not the world's best shooter. But, like, come on, one time, throw it back to him and let him make the open 15-footer. I've seen him make that shot. But if you don't ever give him the ball, you know, Marquise Morris, I mean, even Otto, who's he, he's clearly not all the way, you know, he's clearly in a funk himself, is not making shots in the hip or whatever. But, like, you got to let, let somebody else shoot the ball. I, mean, Mike, I always bring up Michael. I mean, I, my take on Wall has always been his formative years somewhere he heard Le, people criticize LeBron for, early in LeBron's career when LeBron would pass on some of those shots where even I, a, a LeBron hater, as, as you would know, didn't blame LeBron. Yes, he, like, he made he would make a basketball play that made sense. You give it to the open shooter, just like Michael Jordan did to Paxson and Kerr and all that. And for some reason, it feels like Wall doesn't always want to do that. And we get and other people aren't taking the shot. Blah 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 blah. Um, I, I I don't know. I l- let me let me ask you this, then we'll uh, we'll get you out of here. Uh, m- most importantly, you were at the GW game tonight. You're the, you're the official GW insider in town these days. Oh boy, that was a big oh, win boy. for the Colonials tonight. Yeah, they actually, um, you know, they they actually dominate on inside against George Mason. They, they match up well against him. Um, They've never you know, lost the, the, to George Mason in a ten play. I think they're like nine and zero. Somebody told me. Yeah, I mean, Yuta Watanabe had a, um, a fantastic game. Um, he um, he shut down. I can't remember number four's name. The guy who averages twenty plus points a game for, for George Mason. Oh, just like he shut. Yeah, he shut their their, their high score down tonight. I think he held up to four points. Um, and then Yuta had either 18 or 20 himself, a uh, couple of threes in there. So yeah, they, they were just too – I just – they dominated the boards in a way that I hadn't seen them dominate all year. Just on the inside, Mason is, is no match for him. So it actually was a uh, – it got close for a minute at one point, uh, you know, I think early in the second half. But, yeah, the, GW was just – I think they had too much of a size advantage. And they actually moved the ball pretty well tonight and got some pretty wide-open looks. So it was uh, – their offense was, uh, put it this way, their offense tonight was the opposite of what the Wizards' offense generally looks like. So there was, there weren't any isos. There was just ball, crisp ball movement, nice cutting, um, wide open shots. So yeah, they, Mason for whatever reason, yeah, they just don't match up well against GW for a while now. The uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously I cover college basketball, so I watch uh, some stuff. I haven't seen a ton of great games this year because mostly I've been watching Georgetown. Um, but, oh, uh, Sorry about <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I get at the GW as well and you're right. It's definitely a different game. I mean, the John wall ISO isn't, exi- it doesn't happen. I actually think that's one of the issues Patrick Ewing is having is he's used to having in the NBA, a point guard who can do all kinds of things without the need for dramatic play calling or, you know, all that scheming. And he doesn't have that on his team, but it, a lot, most college teams don't. Um, but I, I, you are watching probably more college basketball than you have historically because you're going to a lot of GW games. Yeah. Did, are, are you finding 
the the that you're liking the college game? Is it too dramatic from the pros? You're like, oh man, what is this? What is this brand of ball? Or or, or are you kind of liking the uh, the change of pace? I, I I like I like the college game. I mean, I, I understand exactly what it is. I mean, it's the one thing obviously that's the most striking is you know the plays they take so long to develop sometimes. You know, they slow down the ball, make sure they get the play call from the coach, and you know the the cut. I think the worst thing I see in college basketball is the screening generally just isn't crisp. Um, obviously, some teams are very good at it, much better at it than others. But I, you, don't, you don't see the same type of screens, I believe, or the aggressive screens, probably in part because college officials are more likely to call you for an offensive foul when you screen than maybe NBA coach, um, refs are. So, yeah, it is a different type of game. It's obviously slower in most cases. Um and I just don't think it's quite it's not quite as physical. But yeah, I, I like the, the the sharing of the basketball, the not necessarily relying on the isolations all the time in order to get things done. I mean, it's and that's the thing, you know, when we're always gauging college guys when they're about to hit the draft, who you know, oh well, this guy averaged twenty five points a game in college and shot you know forty eight percent from three. And it's like, okay, you got to look at the system that he played in. Who was he playing against? How did he do it? And then you got to try to gauge, all right, in the NBA, this is how they're going to defend this and how this is going to happen. That Those shots aren't going to come that easy. And they're definitely not going to come that wide open. And so you have to kind of gauge um, uh, how these guys would possibly translate. So for me, that's actually the most fun part for me is trying to figure it out and putting a little mental note in my head and see who I was right about and who I couldn't have been more wrong about. I will tell you the guy I was most right about this year with Kyle Kuzma, who's now with the LA Lakers. I thought, I thought he would translate very well. Um, so I got one right. So at least one. There you go. All right. So we'll get, yes. it. well, good. You know, I know you're, uh, you know, you're keeping score. You always pretend like I'm the only one keeping score. You're keeping every. Hey man, I look. I just met. Hey, look. I just said I got one guy right. I didn't tell you how many I whiffed on. Yeah. I only mentioned the guy who I was right about. Yeah. So, yeah. You know that's uh. You know you don't. And, and look, let's face it. By the way, before I let you go, I was watching the Miami Heat game tonight too. They beat Milwaukee. Think about this: the Miami Heat are twenty-six and eighteen, which is pretty good record, right? You know who they're starting five were tonight? Uh, Gordon Dragic, Derek Jones, Hassan Whiteside, James Johnson, and Josh Richardson. 26 and 18 right now. Yeah, so, no. I mean, even even though Whiteside's like sort of like a borderline all star, he was like literally playing out of the league, playing overseas. I mean, other than Dragic, you didn't name anybody there that was considered to be anything, uh, even a, how, few, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. How many of those guys? How many of those guys are going to be an all star this year? I don't think Whiteside's going to make it. I don't know if Miami's going to have an all star at all, and it, and I wonder about that too in terms of like the Wall and Beal aspect, like. Wait, does Miami have to get somebody in if they're fourth in the East? I think they should. But to me, that's a perfect example when I was referencing earlier about Miami and how they get results and how they maximize things. And I think that fear factor, you know, you know the one thing that Miami players all have going for them, you know, Pat Riley and them are really big on physical conditioning, getting down their, their weight, making sure they're in shape, uh, something that I don't think the Wizards necessarily are able to get their players to always be when they come into training camp. Those sorts of little things, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, how they tighten the screws and maximize performance out of some of these guys. And so I'm just looking at that Miami right now. So you want to look at an organization that has scouted and drafted well and then put those guys into a system and gotten 100% out of all of them, 
I mean, Justin Justice Winslow's coming off the bench. Wayne Ellington has had a reverse uh, of his career in Miami, and Deion Waiters before he went on injured reserve, he he basically revitalized his career in Miami. I don't think that's by accident, and I I think they are to me because I've always been an Eric Spolster fan. The gold standard for how you get the most out of little. Yeah, I, I've always said I'd be petrified. I know they don't need him because they have Whiteside, but I'd be petrified if they got Boogie Cousins. <laughs> like, because I think oh, they, yeah. they they might be able to like do the what people think actually Boogie Cousins is that he's not. They actually might be able to turn that around and make that talent actually uh, sing and not just be uh, and not just be frustrating. Um, right, so so just last thing, I, we we talked about some of the bigger picture stuff. Uh, we didn't even get to half the team. Or, or 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 whatever. What what's your what what what's the topic on the Wizards that you 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 need to vent about, or just what's your or you got any final thought as sort of a from a bigger picture standpoint about uh, about any of this nonsense? Why is it so hard to figure out when you're switching on defense who's switching on whom? I I, I don't understand why for a professional team, a bunch of guys who've been doing this for a while, how they get so out of sorts when they don't know what coverages they're in. And that's my biggest gripe about this, that they look like sometimes they play together, like somehow they just all got thrown together and they never played on the, on the same floor. They never practiced together. That's my biggest gripe with them. That's what I scream the most about. Offensively, John and Brad and, and, and some of the got Mike Scott. Mike Scott's been having a fantastic year. You want to talk about a bounce back player, a comeback player. I don't know if he would qualify under that category, but a guy He's having that, – that's been a great pickup. You have all, you have the offense. Even though the offense I don't think looks as smooth as it should, you have the offensive pieces. It, it just baffles me that a team that's this experienced with a core group of guys that played together defensively this long can't figure out, this is when we switch. This is when we don't switch. You know, John Wall thinks having Gortat switch on to point guards is okay. Gortat thinks it's not okay, Right. And so you constantly have these mental battles or these actual battles verbally between players on whose responsibility is what. Why is it so difficult to figure that out, knowing when to say when? And teams realize if you really want to make the Wizards slip up, just run enough actions where you run enough screen action, just make them have to switch and make decisions because eventually somebody will bust the coverage and you'll get an easy bucket. That's how you shoot seven, almost 70% from the field in the first half which is what happened with Charlotte. And that's the part when I say that, that I've been the most. You hear me talk so much about defense. I'm always ridiculing people for reading box scores, putting so much emphasis on, well, this player is a good player and that player is not a good player because they look at box scores because I'm more, I'm more of a defensive guy. And I just can't figure out why a team that has so much defensive potential can be so bad because right now, Ben, I think if they put you on the floor, you would be a defensive upgrade, and that's pretty bad. You're terrible. The, yeah, I, my uh, my lateral quickness right now is not at peak uh, peak uh, efficiency right now. I, I, will, I will not lie. <laughs> um, I, our man, I'm glad we got to do this. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, we've been trying, but it has not worked out. But uh, glad I sent up the bat signal and uh, got you in to talk. We'll have to do this some more when you are ready. And uh, you know, of course, I gotta you know, we gotta talk more GW. By the way, I'm talking. I think I'm talking to the head coach of the Colonials. Tomorrow, so uh, if you got any questions that you think I uh, or anything I should be bringing up, you know, feel free to let me know. 
Yeah, hey, yeah, Tony, is he still having nightmares about you to out of here? That's, that's the question. I think they are. <laughs> Could be. All right, man, appreciate it. We will talk soon. I do. All right, there you have it. Uh, many thanks to Jay Michael. We'll need to get him back on the podcast again sooner than later, but it was good to catch up with him. I talked to Jay Michael regularly on the side, but it's good to get him back on the podcast. Uh, have you let you guys hear about him? I know that's good feedback on part one, so I'm excited um, to get him back into the conversation here. Of course, he talks about the Wizards all the time on Twitter, but you know, Twitter is one thing. This is another. So, all right, that will we'll, uh, we'll end it there again. Wizards back in action Thursday at OKC. Thanks to Jay Michael for his time. Thanks to you guys for listening. Congrats again to John Wall and Bradley Beal, or Bradley Beal and John Wall, however you want to say it. And uh, we'll see what happens with the Wizards uh, on Thursday night, but more podcasts to come here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. So until next time, see ya. Beal gets open for three. Dagger! Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.